And uh, we are going to be in the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. And uh, we're going to miss dearly the Moscow's and praying uh, God will greatly use them and the, where he sends them. And, and maybe one day we will see him at a revival here or coming back here in the future serving or uh, whatever, God, however God leads. Amen. So, amen. Everybody give him a hand for you know. As we transition, uh, of course, there's no choir practice uh, next week, uh, but we're going to be transitioning, and uh, we'll be getting rearranging the choir um, and getting that going uh, quickly. So uh, God's going to be doing, um, using this church in a great way. He's going to be building it as he does, and we're going to see this church grow. I believe firmly that <clears throat> there is, uh, there's churches everywhere praying for laborers, and where those labors come from, they come from amongst us. And God uses different situations to move people and uh, get um, people in place where uh, he wants them, uh, for sure. And we don't understand the working of God. We never will. Um, but one thing's for sure, is that God works. Uh, and what we see, we, uh, we can't really see past what we know. And when we see God working, though, we know everything's going to work for good. But the worst thing that you can do and the worst thing, situation you can be in is trying to see and figure things out, but you're really only thinking of yourself because then you're not going to be able to see the work of God, you'll see amongst or in, within it, but you'll only be thinking of yourself. You'll only be, uh, and you can't look past your own self. And as we are, all of our shortcomings are there, you will never be able to see past who you really are. So therefore, you won't see far. Uh, but as God opens your eyes, and you see how beautiful his handiwork is. Know this, that all things work together for good. Amen? Amen? To them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. In Exodus 17, we'll just read uh, a couple verses here. We're going to want to read in the whole chapter. We're going to go over this chapter. It's amazing. Um, the scriptures, Exodus 17. If you would uh, stand with me, we're just going to read, we'll read the first five verses and then we'll pray and, and we'll be seated. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed, this is Exodus 17, verse 1, uh, from the wilderness of sin. Isn't that amazing, amen? Uh, that's the name of that wilderness, that area was sin. After their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore, do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. 
And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people. Take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. Let's pray. Father, bless us, Lord, as we look into the precious law of liberty. Lord, speak to our hearts. I, uh, I know, Lord, um, that you, you love us all. You're there for us. Uh, and if you're for us, who can be against us? I pray, oh God, that we will all uh, stop looking at ourselves and start looking uh, on Christ and your word. And on a greater scale is the will of God. And which is past finding out. We do not know the will of God fully and how your working is, but we know you are at work in all of our lives. Help us to learn to trust you. Help us to begin to trust you. Help us to see that you are for us and that, um, Lord, nothing, uh, no good is withheld, uh, Lord, from you to us. I pray, oh God, you look down on us, have mercy, have pity, Lord, as your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the, in, uh, in the world, they were in the wilderness, and they began to thirst. Now, when you're thirsty, you're thirsty. Amen. Uh, we, we really uh, don't know too much um, uh, thirst. If, if you've not been, maybe if you've been stranded uh, somewhere or some way, and, and you haven't had anything to drink, you begin to thirst. Your body begins to dehydrate. It can happen quickly. Uh, and they had an inner thirst. Um, there was times where I was very thirsty. And uh, when you're very thirsty, you don't want anything else. You say, hey, do you want a, a, a cold glass of iced tea? No, I need water. You know, that's when you know you're really thirsty, is when your body wants to reject everything else, and it just needs pure water. Uh, and you, you crave water. Amen? And that's our souls when it's thirsty for God. Uh, where, you know, I don't, I don't need just a little bit of church. I don't just need a little, little bit of Bible. I need all of Christ, amen? I need, I need everything. I need, Lord, give it to me all. I want my whole life uh, surrounded by Christ. I want to be engulfed in the love of Christ. I want the scriptures to be covering uh, me from head to toe. I want to sing the hymns of the faith, and I want to hand out tracts, and, and you start getting submerged in the things of God. You just want pure God. You want pure water and the pure ways of God and the pure things of God, not just a little bit. Uh, when you're thirsty for God, you want God. But the people, they began to thirst, and the Bible says they did chide. What's chide mean? Chide means to blame. Uh, they, they began to blame. They began to murmur and blame Moses for them being thirsty. And now God is the one who led these people uh, through this wilderness, they're in Rephidim right now, and uh, he brought them to this place, uh, and when the people began to be thirsty, they immediately began to blame Moses for this. Uh, and when they blamed Moses, uh, Moses said, why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? Let's look, look in verse 7. Uh, they tempted the Lord by what? And the Bible says in, in the end of verse 7, they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Uh, meaning, not like, where, is, where is God's presence? No, they're saying, uh, is God really leading us here? 
Is this really the work of God? They started questioning the ways of God. They started questioning the will of God and how they got up to this point. And all that was circumferenced by the way they were handling themselves in that matter. They were thinking of themselves, and they, it came out by chiding with Moses, blaming Moses. Uh, because when uh, there's no one else to blame, you start pointing the fingers at someone else. Right? You don't uh, sit there and you don't begin to trust the Lord. You don't begin to uh, come up with uh, uh, fruitful plans and, and how you're going to get the water and how you're going to make things work. You begin to just think of more of yourself and begin to push others out of the way. Uh, that's one of the things that we do uh, when we're, we're living in the I world is we isolate ourselves and push others out. Now, if, if that is you, then that is you and you need to get out of that world. Amen. Uh, thank God God does not live in that world. He created man. Amen. And he's involved with us. And the moment you sin, he's there for you to help you. His grace is there. His mercy is there. His forgiveness is there. Uh, to lift you up. Uh, but these people, uh, they were thinking of themselves, thinking because they were thirsty. There is legitimate problems here. It is not make-believe. They're not imagining these things. Uh, God had brought them to a point. They were really thirsty. They needed water. It wasn't just a want. It was a need. Uh, and because of these things, they began to chide with Moses, and they began to tempt, to tempt the Lord saying, is the Lord really amongst us? Did God really bring us up to this point? Uh, is God really leading uh, Moses, this man? Is God really for us? Are we really God's children? Is this really the place where God wants us? And they began to chide with Moses, and the Bible says they tempted the Lord. All this was coming out, I believe, because they were living in the I world. They were just thinking of themselves uh, and when you think of yourselves, uh, when you think of yourself, that's all you're going to think about. You're not going to be able to see uh, that God has a plan. You're not going to see that God is going to use this for his honor and glory because you're only thinking about your honor and glory. Uh, you're not thinking uh, of others and how uh, <clears throat> they may be thirsty and how uh, their life can be destroyed as well. You're thinking about only yourself. And, and it, that's as far as it goes when you're living in the I world. Now, these people also were within. They were amongst the children of God because they were the children of God. And it doesn't matter who you are, you can't live in the I world. You can't live in the me world. Not only will it destroy you, not only will it separate between you, uh, you and God, not only will you not see the will of God in your life, not only will it... Uh, uh, bring uh, temptation against the Lord, but it also destroy others. It also bring the uh, integrity of others down. You won't be there to say, "Hey, listen." Uh, I remember there was a man. Uh, he he came to me. He said, "Listen, I'm I I I, uh, I got to get uh, away from uh, where I'm at in my church because the pastor he's about to die, and and I know he doesn't." Um, I know he didn't set uh, another pastor up, and he's sick, and we don't know what to do, and, and uh, the pastor has let us down there, and, and he starts uh, accusing the pastor of all these things. I said, listen to me. 
There is not one pastor that hasn't set up something. If he's a pastor, he has it all planned out for you. Don't you worry. Now, in my mind, I knew this pastor. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this pastor I know did not set anything up. And I, I know he, he doesn't have anyone behind him. I know, man, what is going to happen? But in my heart, I knew God was going to look after his church. I knew God was going to work things out. Now, what I see, I saw. And what I knew, I was thinking about. But one thing that surpasses all that. Is God's hand. And God's hand reaches far past what we see, reaches further than what we know. He knows our thoughts, He knows our feelings, He knows our needs, and there's not one He has ever let down. And some some things, some ways we we don't we don't get, we don't, we can't figure out. But deep down in my heart, I knew God had a plan. Lo and behold, that pastor, a good friend of mine, he passed away. And a great man came and took over. And that church went on thriving for God, grew like it never grew before. Uh, a solid church it is today. Why? Because God had a plan. I didn't get and say, hey, you need to, um, you know what, you're right. I know how that man is, and I know what you're saying. And I, I didn't go along with that. Why? Because I wasn't living in the me world. I wanted God to get the glory. No, God has a plan. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your church. You stay at it. You stay with it because he works all things together for good. These people were living in the me world. They were living in the eye where they couldn't see past uh, what they saw. They couldn't see past what they felt. They were thirsty. Let's look at verse 5. The Lord said unto Moses, go on before the people. Moses, you go. Take with thee the elders and take thy rod. Verse 6, and God said to Moses, behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock. And this is a representation of Christ. God says, I'm going to stand on that rock, and you're going to smite that rock. Representation of Christ being smitten for us when he died on the cross. And the Bible says that Moses smote that rock, and he did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called that name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? And I want to, note, I want to show you something here. This is not the message. This is only at the introduction. In verse 8, immediately after this, then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. If they, listen, be, what they just went through was not the battle. That's just part of life. God will sustain you. The battle came after that. In verse 8, Amalek came up and started fighting with Israel in Rephidim. And the Bible says in verse 9, And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought 
with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. It's, it always amazes me. Uh, Aaron, the high priest, and Hur of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Uh, Christ is our high priest from the Lion of Judah. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand. Notice singular. He held up his hand uh, with the rod that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So he held up his hand as long as he could, holding up the rod of God. The rod is a symbol of God's presence. The power of God. The will of God. If people saw that rod, they'd fight. Represented God's with us. We can do this. Moses, as long as he could, he held it up. But the Bible says, when his hand went down, Amalek prevailed. You know what that means? That means people died. That means there is a time when Moses' hand was let down and men died for it. Good people. The battle turned. You say, Moses, you have one job. You're going to stand up there and just going to hold up that rod. Sure, he can do that. Joshua and all the men, strong men, went down and they were fighting. And we could start pointing fingers and say, well, Joshua, maybe you were taking too long to fight. Joshua was standing. Everybody was uh, um, lining up. And uh, Moses had that rod up. And Joshua said, no, you can't, you can't fight like that. You need to shine those boots up, men. You need to sharpen that sword. And Moses looking down like, hurry up. I'm, I'm, my arms are getting heavy. And the second he'd bring it down, guess what? When they were fighting, Amalek started winning. And it was a back and forth battle. When Moses' hand was up, the Bible says Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. You know, if Moses was living in the me world, he wouldn't care. He's, he would look down and say, man, they need to fight harder. That's on them. They, and we could go around and say, well, maybe Joshua took too long. Maybe Moses, maybe it's Moses' fault. He needs to keep that rod held up high. After the battle was over, we know Israel won. What can be said? What can be said? Joshua. Did Joshua win the battle? Or did Moses win the battle? The battle is the Lord's. We fight for the Lord. When one arm is up, Joshua was still fighting. Would just the arm being raised win the battle? No. Would just Joshua fighting win the battle? No. All working together. No one against each other. But they're all, as God wills, as God commanded, fighting for the honor and glory of God. One arm was up, got tired. The Bible says, and when he let his hand down, when he let down his hand, there was a time in that battle 
when Moses let his hand down. There was a time in this battle when Moses got tired. There was a time when the man of God, the one who led them across the Red Sea, the one who was with them, the one who prayed, God, feed these people, and manna came. The one who just got them water by obeying the voice of God, and God gave them water. There was a time when the man of God's hand got tired, and Amalek started winning. That's what the Bible says. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Just one hand, though. Verse 12 says, and Moses' hands were heavy. But Moses' hands were heavy. So he would rotate them. One arm up as long as he could. And when that one went down, he, would hurt, he heard his men dying. He would switch it. And as long as he could, he would hold it up. There were times where probably he would hold both up, supporting one another. And he gave it his all till he could give no more. Could we say Joshua is Joshua's fault? He, he's taken too long to fight. Joshua could say, you know, why are we losing? It's Moses. Moses, he's letting his arms down. That's why we're losing. But the Bible says in verse 12, but Moses' hands, they were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. The first thing they did, Moses' hands were up. When they went down, his men started dying. He would put him up again. When he got tired, he'd have to bring him down. You can only take so much. But Moses' hands were heavy. And what they did, Aaron and Hur, they took a stone. You see, the children of Israel needed to see the rod. So he couldn't just sit down anywhere. They had to see that rod being held up. They would get weary, fight it. Uh, down below in the valley. But when they got weary, they look up, they see that rod being held up. They knew somebody was fighting for them. The presence of God wasn't about Moses. They just needed to see that rod. Moses was there. He never left. But they needed to see that rod being held up. And when the children of Israel saw that rod, it gave them the courage to fight. And Moses had to uh, be on the edge. And what they did, they took the rock and they 
put it near the edge. They rolled it over so Moses first can sit down. Aaron and Hur saw Moses was tired. The Bible says, but his hands were weary. His hands were heavy. He couldn't hold them up anymore. He did all that he could do, and there was no more he could do. So Aaron and Hur came. They didn't say, Moses, you're no good. Look what you, what you have done. There's good men that have died because of you. There's no, there, uh, people are hurting because of you. We can all look in our, each other's lives and say, we've pointed the finger at people. We've maybe hurt people before. But Aaron heard and do that. They rolled a stone over and they sat the weary man down. And he said, take a seat, Moses. And the Bible says Aaron grabbed one arm and her grabbed the other arm. And they grabbed them arms to keep his arms held up high so that he, Moses can stay holding that rod, but not without the support of these two men. Thank God there's people that when they see one who is weary, It's easy to blame, chide. But chiding only shows you're living in the me world. It's easy to think of ourselves in a time when we're thirsty. But let me say this. Being thirsty is only the beginning. There's greater battles ahead. The greater battle came after when Moses had to go up and give it all he had. But when Moses' hands were heavy, thank God God sent the high priest, his brother, Aaron, and her from the tribe of Judah to hold up the man of God's hands, holding them up high, not for themselves, but for Moses and for everybody else fighting. And as he held them up high, the Bible says, Joshua in verse 13, discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Joshua, God used Joshua to fight the battle with the sword and all the men that were fighting with him. I want to encourage you today. When you see someone weary, it's easy to say, I knew you were weary. I knew you were cast down. I knew you were no good. I knew uh, you, you, um, you made mistakes. I knew you couldn't handle this load. I knew you couldn't handle this pressure. Chiding comes natural, like breathing for all of us. But when you have in mind a bigger picture, like the will of God in your life, and what glory can God get out of what is going on with this battle? You will see it's not about you. You will see that God is fighting. And he's fighting for you. Too many parents leave, let their kids, leave their kids go too soon. They feel the heat and they give up. 
Too many fathers give up too early on families. Too many people give up too soon on their church. Too many people give up in life on, because of a battle. God, fighting with God is worth fighting for. And when we, as people, as God's people, learn to see past ourselves, knowing by faith that God is always at work and he's always working for your good, you will begin to know that although I don't see it, I didn't see when I told my friend that, I didn't see that his pastor had somebody worked out. I said, listen, God, what I knew, I knew it in my heart, and I was able to say it with confidence. In my mind, I said, no way. I know that, I know that pastor, he, he, he didn't plan anything. But in my mind, I knew that God would not leave uh, his church desolate. And I was able to tell with assurance, listen, God's going to work it out for you. And what great things he did. Sometimes we can't see things. Sometimes we can't see past ourselves. But knowing God works all things for his good. I want to encourage you today. I thank God for God sending me good people when my hands were heavy. There's times where I cried out and said, listen, my hands are heavy. And I felt people pulling them down even further. I said, what am I going to do? I can go nowhere. I can do nothing. And I felt my arms being pulled down even more. Moses could say, poor me. I all, everybody down there left me. I was all alone holding up this ride, and I was tired. I only had Aaron and her. Well, Moses, you only have two arms. When we live in the me world, we can't see what God has done for us. We can't see past our needs. We can't see past what we don't have. But lo and behold, God gave Moses two men at that time, one for each arm. Moses, that's all you needed. And if you look back, God has always given you what you needed to keep going. Too many times we give up too soon. I want to encourage you, everybody in here, no matter however this message applies to you, in your marriage, maybe you're fighting an addiction today, and you say, you know what, I'm struggling. I'm... Don't give up too soon. Maybe you're fighting sin. Don't give up too soon. God's going to give you what you need. Whatever, what, however this applies to you. I know God wanted me to preach it, though. And I also want to encourage you. Be one that holds up each other's arms. 
We have too many that just think of themselves. I understand you're thirsty. So am I. Joshua, I understand you're tired. But guess what? So am I. But Moses, you don't understand what it is to, we're fighting all day, and all you got to do is hold up that rod. But that rod gets heavy. Amen? That rod gets heavy. And it gets even heavier seeing everybody at one time fighting. And the thought of me letting down my rod, I start seeing everybody dying. What is a man supposed to do? He can't live with himself. He must go on, press on. And Christian, the moment you give up on your home, in your life, the people you forfeit around you, you must learn not to live in your own world, but to fight for the honor and glory of God and fight for each other and fight for the will of God and fight for the name of God. And God will give you what you need to press on. The Bible says, Crystal, are you okay? Bible says in verse 11. Linda, you want to talk to her downstairs? Go ahead, ladies. You could talk. Go, go take her down to the, my office and talk with her. Don't be sorry, Crystal. That's why we're here. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down, verse 11, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. That was the problem. That was the problem. His hands got heavy. That was the problem, wasn't it? That was the problem. But guess what? All of our hands will get heavy. All of our hands. There's not anybody. There's not one man in here that doesn't get weary. There's not one, one woman in here that doesn't get sad or depressed or feel like they're isolated. There's not one person in here that doesn't go through their own personal things. There's not one person ever born. But when Moses' hands were heavy, there was two that came up and started holding up his arms and say, Moses, guess what? We're here for you. We're here to help you. We're here because without you, men will be dying. And we need you to raise, keep those hands held up high, 
to keep you going. Moses, whatever you say, whatever you want, we're going to hold up your arms. That way people don't see you, but they see that rod up, held up high. That rod represents the presence of God, the name of Jesus that needs to be held up in our lives. There's a need today. There's a cause to get out of your own world, the me world. Stop thinking about yourself. You will know the fruits of it right now by how you've been conducting yourself when it comes to a battle that faces you. Do you, do you start murmuring? Do you start chiding? Do you start arguing? Do you start thinking, me, 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 me? Or do you start saying, God, may you get the glory out of my life and from this situation and from this battle? Help us, oh God, for there are many lives at stake and you must receive the honor and glory. And when he held up his arms, the Bible says, to the going down of the sun, Joshua discomfited Amalek. They won the battle. Amen. May you be one today that holds up somebody else's arms. May you be one today that fights for the glory of God. We can all say and point fingers and say, you know what? Your arms are tired. Joshua, you didn't fight hard enough. And you, 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 right? Or we can say, we are all in this together. And for the honor and glory of God, we fight. Husbands and wives, you fight together. Not fight against each other. But you fight together for the honor and glory of God. You could say, well, you're not doing your job. and you're... You fight together for the honor and glory of God. Parents, men, women, you fight together for the honor and glory of God. The difference in this battle was you had some who fought for themselves. And then you had others who fought for God. May you be the one that fights for God. And in fighting for God, you're going to fight for everybody. Moses was up there fighting for the Lord and fighting for everyone that was with the sword down there in the children of Israel fighting against the enemy. I pray today you would look in your own heart, get out of the me world, Get back on your feet and start fighting for God. Let's pray. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you would work that message in, in my heart. There are many times where I'm just making decisions based on how I feel. or Lord, for my own personal advantage. Lord, but I don't ask whether it's not your, your will, I don't consult you. Father, I pray, oh God, please, I ask you, oh God, you have mercy on us. Help us, Lord, as men and women for Christ, that we would learn to stand for you and fight for you. I pray, oh God, that you'll help us to see past ourselves and see that there's a bigger battle called the will of God in our lives. 
Help us to pursue that and fight for it. Lord, I pray each one in here will uh, examine themselves, including me, and see, Lord, if there be any wicked way in me. Lord, purge us, make us whiter than snow, create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Make this church, Lord, a church that is fit to be called the bride of Christ, filled with the spirit of God. And I pray, O Lord, that we will serve you with all of our heart. Bless us, I pray, now as we come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on down. Let's all stand as the piano plays. I want to encourage you to pray, to, to get out of your world and start thinking about where God wants you, what God wants with you. And learn to hold up each other's arms. Learn to be there for one another and not bring each other down. Bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Amen. Father in heaven, Lord, just want to pray a blessing on everybody here. Lord, this week, keep us, O oh God, in Your will. Father, help us, Lord, to seek You more fervently. Lord, I pray You'd help us to open our Bibles more. Lord, spend time in prayer. When the opportunity comes to tell someone about you, even hand out a track or two, Lord, I pray that you would uh, use us this week. May we be um, working f with you, Lord, and not against you. May, be, may uh, we be working with the will of God, Lord, and not against your will. 
And Lord, I know things will go a lot better when we do. We, we praise you and honor you for all the great things you've done. Bless us, I pray, as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Amen.